insurance agents from around the world. Welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, powered by Glovebox. God, I love Glovebox. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Saraland, Alabama, parade first team All-American rivals, five-star recruit, he is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you today? Best I have ever been. Guys, we have got a fantastic guest on this show, and he's got like 20 minutes before he's got to leave, and I have got to get to him today. So, Bradley, I'm going to cut out all my crazy stories. <laughs> so, Bradley, here's the question for today's podcast. If you had endless money, bottomless pit money, yep. what's the one thing that you would go out and buy first week or two that you had it and you wanted to just splurge on yourself and you have bottomless money? Personally or business? Personally. Hmm. Probably a private jet. Private jet. Not probably. That's what it would be. You think about being able to get anywhere in the world and you're on your way in 30 minutes. That no would more probably miss- be, yeah. and it wouldn't be a, from a douchey standpoint. I probably wouldn't even post about it. Be, being able to say, "Hey, babe, you want to get you want to go to dinner in Los Angeles tonight?" Okay, let's go. That that would probably be probably be it. I would take my couch out of my house and go set it on the road. And by the way, on Pine Ridge Road, if I did that, that couch would be gone in thirteen point seven seconds. <laughs> Literally, I could watch somebody pick that couch <laughs> up by the time I got back to my front door. Oh, that's funny. That's so country. That's like, would, that reminds me of where I grew up. Hey, I put a grill outside my house about a year ago. Yeah. My old grill. And that son of a bitch is still sitting in my neighbor's yard. I don't know what he ever I, thought he was going to do with it, but it's just sitting there. Every time I drive by, I go, why is my old grill sitting in this guy's yard? I remember driving around with my grandparents. I had to be 10 years old or even younger. And we were driving around looking for pine straw that people had put by the road for debris cleanup to pick up so we could take it back and put it in their yard. I would take my couch out to the front road and I'd let somebody come get it. And then I'd walk back in the house mm-hmm. and I'd order me that Jurassic Park video game that I love so much. <laughs> you do like that game. And I would put that son of a bitch right there in my living room where my couch used to be. How much does one of those cost? $10,000. Oh, that's not bad. My my purchase was more expensive than yours. A lot more. But Can I'm t- going to tell you right now, I'd be playing that game every weekend, and I'd invite people like you over to the house, play it with me, where we could sit there and kill dinosaurs together. So... To give context, Scott and his wife go to Gatlinburg quite a bit, a couple times a year, which is what, probably two hours from you. Yeah. And three, and, uh, three yeah, about three. And I'll call Scott several times a year. Hey, man, what are you doing? As we talk about every day. Now, I'm on my way to kill dinosaurs. I got to let you go. Click. Yeah. That's exactly how it goes, too. I'm like, I'm on my way to kill dinosaurs. I don't have time to talk. So, can I, I would, tell you what my agency purchase would be? What's that? I would call every vendor that I use that I do not like. Basically, everybody but Glovebox and Ascend, and I would tell them to kick rocks, and then I would go build my own. Then I would go to every single agency that I know that there is a good producer at who would be a good fit for our culture and say, how much money can I pay you to come to work here? Those would be the two things I would do. Then I thought of a third. Then I would call every agency in the United States of America that has a contract that I want. Yeah. 
and buy their agencies. Here's 15 times EBITDA. Right. Go play golf every day. Get out. <laughs> yes, basically. I thought you were going to say you would call every, because we're talking about billions of dollars. Now, let's just say a hundred yeah, billion You said limitless. Yeah, limitless. I would fly money. my jet there. And I would interview the people on the jet. We know somebody that does that. Scott and I that's, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a power move, by the way. Come meet me at my plane and I'll interview you on my plane. Yeah. I thought you were going to say you would buy every technology you don't like. You would just call them and be like, I'm buying. That's actually, that's in my opinion, a lot of the reason a lot of this tech acquisition happens in every industry is because a leg- pretty much anytime, in my opinion, you see a legacy tech company buying a new tech company, it's because they're like, oh, well, they developed the technology for us. Right. We're gonna, you, know, that's, you know what I mean? And I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that one of the reasons Applied bought EasyLinks is because Applied's Raider sucked and EasyLinks Raider doesn't. Right. Um, I'm not saying EasyLinks Raider's good, but it doesn't suck. Hey, I'll um, say this too, Bradley. I'm surprised by how many agency owners I meet. And that, this isn't a bad thing at all. I, in fact, you know, maybe it's the best thing. I have no idea. I've never used EasyLinks before. But I'm surprised by how many independent agents use Easy Links for their CRM and their agency management system. So here's my opinion on this. If you are in a middle America state that doesn't yeah. have coastal issues or wildfire, you know, no crazy risk issues. Right. Right. Um, and you're and you're predominantly personal lines, I right. do think Easy Links is probably the way to go because yeah. it gives you the seamless end-to-end. You enter the info in the rater. You rate it. It goes into the management system CRM. I do right. think that where things get difficult, if the majority of your carriers aren't on the rater, I think then that opens up the floodgates of looking elsewhere. Like, sure. like it would not make sense for me to be on it. Like I me have either. three carriers that are on there. Me either. But but yeah, that's a strategy too. You call every company that you use and say, hey, I want to buy you. Of course, I don't know that then that brings on, I mean, yes, that does give you the opportunity to like get an ROI on your money immediately because that company may be cash flowing. Sure. We're getting too in the weeds on this. But developing, like the reason I want to develop my own technology is nothing against the comp- some of the companies I use. It's because I want to control it. You know, I don't want to get an email one day that says, hey, we are changing this thing and that negatively impacts my business and there's nothing I can do about it, but why, you know? Mm-hmm. Then you're handcuffed. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I do think that a lot of the systems that we use, you can build a not as good version for a lot cheaper, but you just have to have the money and the know-it-all and the wherewithal. Guys, without further ado, please let me introduce our guest today because he's got a lot of valuable information and he's somebody that I look at and look up to actually. I've uh, been following uh, his team on social media for a, for a while now. They've really stepped their game up on social media, TikTok especially. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a lot to talk to him about. Second, just got second a, a time new, guest. Yeah, second time guest on the IGP. He just released a new book, Fans First. We're going to talk about that for a minute. But let me give him the introduction he has always deserved. He's the founder of Fans First Entertainment and owner of the Savannah Bananas. His teams have welcomed more than one million fans to their ballparks and have been featured on MSNBC, CNN, ESPN, and in Entrepreneur Magazine. The Bananas have been awarded Organization of the Year, Entrepreneur of the Year, Business of the Year, and won the CPL Championship in their first year. Fans First Entertainment has been featured on Inc. 5000 as one of the fastest growing companies in America, and they've currently sold out every game since their first season and have a waiting list in the thousands for tickets. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor today to introduce to you second-time guest on the IGP. Mr. Jesse Cole. How are you, Jesse? 
you know, Scott, I actually really want to take you on the, on the road with this. I you know, I want to take you on our tour. Man, I would love to. I, I think I think there's something I think there's some kind of talent like just over the top announcing intro for like something that shouldn't be over the top. That's where I want you. I got to think about it. I'm game. Hey, you call me, reach out to me and I'll be there. I would love to experience. It would be an honor to be a part <laughs> of your organization, because like I said, I look up to you guys because as I said on our last podcast, you to me are the model of what baseball should be. Maybe not to the extent that you go, <laughs> but it needs to be more than it is. And yeah, I, yeah. I just I just look up to what you do. Talk to us a little bit today about your new book that just came out, Fans First. And let's give these agents something they can take back and use in their agencies for what they do day to day. Sure. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, things have certainly ramped up over the last uh, couple of years. But, you know, as, as you guys know from the first episode, six years ago, they didn't have that amazing start as everyone, you know, assumes like, oh, it was easy. Uh, you know, I mean, we came to Savannah with this big dream of, you know, changing baseball, but more than anything, kind of creating a fan experience that was special. And we failed. We only sold a handful of tickets and, you know, we had overdrafted our account and got the phone call you never want to get as a, an owner is that you're out of money. And so had to sell our house, empty our savings account. And we went through that challenge where we didn't know if we were going to make it. And we went to the root of who we are that helped us get through that. And the mm -hmm. root was very simple. It's fans first. And I think so many people, so many businesses are so focused on chasing customers, not creating fans. Mm. And we need to have a different conversation. And so we were chasing customers for six months and we only sold a handful of tickets. As soon as we said, we're going to start creating fans. We're going to start entertaining them. We're going to start doing things for them without asking for anything in return. We're going to stop selling them. We're going to stop marketing them. We're just going to entertain and have fun that the fans started coming in droves. And you know, now to look, the fact that you know we have over 40,000 actually on our waiting list right now for tickets. And you know, we've been able to take our tour of the country, selling out every stadium. I never would have imagined this well, six years ago when I was sleeping on the airbed with my wife. That's unbelievable. So a couple of excerpts from the book. Um, that can be applied to insurance agencies or any business I, I want to bring up here. This quote really stuck out to me. And I think I may be saying this right. Mike Veet. Did I say that right? Mike that, Beck. When you follow the crowd, you'll never draw a crowd. And then you go on to say, right now you have a choice to make. Do you want to play the same game as everyone else? Do you want to be another unremarkable business or do you want to change the game? And I think that speaks to so many businesses just in the world are caught in this. We've always done it this way. We're doing it this way because this is how we've done it. And yeah, that's okay if you want to maintain the status quo and or potentially die. But if you really want to change the game and make it and create a successful business, you have to basically do the opposite of what you, a lot of people think you should do. Speak on that a little bit. Well, certainly. And that was firsthand experience. You know, if we came to Savannah we did as every other baseball team and similar to everyone else in the industry. And we failed. I mean, we were literally marketing like everyone else, selling like everyone else. Hey, we're the new baseball team. We were afraid to stand out and be different because we were trying to fit in and we're the new kids in town. But it wasn't until we said, you know what, who are we not for? We are not for the traditional baseball fan. We are going to be dramatically different. We're not going to follow the crowd. A typical baseball game is, you know, nine innings, you know, you have a few promotions and not much celebrations and the tickets, you have ticket fees, convenient fees, all these extra fees. And we said, we're going to do the exact opposite. And so that's where we came up with the all-inclusive model. You know, you can't come to a Savannah game in Savannah without all your burgers, hot dogs, chicken sandwiches, soda, water, popcorn, dessert, everything covered. And again, there's no ticket fees. There's no convenient fees for $20. That's it. And we pay your taxes. Our finance director told me the other day, Jesse, you know, we're going to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in people's taxes this year. And I go, yeah, people don't realize that. But when you buy a t-shirt, I want it to be $25. I don't want it to be $28.50. 
50 and then pay shipping and all that because that's not fans first. So you got to look at what everyone else is doing and try to do the exact opposite. And I think the key in the insurance business, as you guys know, is like own the problems in your industry. These are what people hate about the insurance business. Own it, write it down. Here's what people hate about baseball. It is too long, too slow, too boring. You get nickel and dime, blah, 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 blah. Keep going. We were going to do the exact opposite. And we started experimenting on that and trying to invent a new experience on behalf of our fans. What in the insurance industry can you look at those problems, those issues, and invent a new experience based on that? Well, think about that meme. There's a, there, I'm sure you've seen it where there's a, a girl in the stands at an MLB game and the guy's taking a picture behind and she's Googling how long is a baseball game. <laughs> I love it. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I was sharing with me. And that's why we developed Banana Ball, a two-hour game where batters can't step out of the batter's box. You can steer first. There's no bunting. If you bunt, you're going to get thrown out of the game. And if fans catch a foul ball, it's an out. We developed a two-hour game, and that's what's really taken off because we saw that problem of how long a baseball game is. So, so there's one story that really stuck out to me in the book. Okay. Uh, and the book doesn't come out. I think this will, this will air. The book will come out a week after this airs, I believe there's, and you can go ahead, you can already pre-order. Uh, where, where do you want to send people to order it? <laughs> we'll go ahead and just get yeah. that out of the way. No, it's, it's, it's fine. You go to Savannah Banana's website or, or on Amazon. There you go. Uh, so there's one story that stuck out to me and it's the Chick-fil-A story. Oh, jeez. Because Brett, like there's so many situations in the insurance mm. industry that we're even guilty of that this relates to. So talk about it a little bit. Yeah. With, with anything you do, you either have a success or you have a story. And we've had a lot of stories that haven't been successes from the front and from the beginning. And, you know, this was uh, when I first started out and I think you're used to the way things have always been done when you first, you don't know any better. So, you know, you guys have been to sporting events. What's one thing you can't bring food and drinks into sporting events. I mean, that's just a common knowledge. It's the way it's always been. So that's the way we had it with our first team in Gastonia, North Carolina. And we had this special Chick-fil-A ticket deal. It was four tickets, four Chick-fil-A meals, and four hats for $29.95. It didn't make sense. It was the stupidest deal. Ever. We were just trying to get people to come out to the game. But part of that is that they would get the Chick-fil-A meals at Chick-fil-A. We didn't have it at the stadium. So I remember vividly one day, it was a hot day, over 90 degrees. We had the Chick-fil-A deal. It was a very big night. And a family of four, husband, wife, and their two little kids showed up to the game with four bags of Chick-fil-A. And they were so excited. They got ready to walk in the gate. And I personally was there at that time. And I said, sorry, guys, you, you can't you can't come in with the food. And they go, well, this is the Chick-fil-A deal. We just bought this. And I go, I'm sorry, there's no food and Bev. It's a stadium policy. There's no food and Bev allowed in the ballpark. And I watched what happened next. And it still hurts me to my core. They went and then they, there were no picnic tables on the parking lot. There were nothing. They went and sat down on the cement next to the gate. Mm. And they ate their meal in the heat. And they finished their meal. And they looked inside the ballpark. And then they said, no, nah, we're not going to go. And they walked right to their car and the family drove off. Mm. That next day, I pulled the whole staff together. I go, guys, we are never, ever, ever doing this again. They go, what? I go, food and Bev is allowed in our stadium. And I got fought on it. Because Jesse, we're going to lose money in concessions. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Everyone said, I go, guys, it's bigger than that. Let's not create a policy because one or two people may abuse it. And so many people do that. Think about no shoes, no shirt, no service. How many people are walking into convenience stores with no shoes and no shirt? But you set up policies because one person takes advantage of you. I want to create an experience where people feel like they can take advantage of it. It's such a good experience that they won't. And so that struck me to a core. And policies, the, the core word of policies is to police. No one needs to be policed. Give people freedom, give them the opportunity. So now we don't have any policies. Literally, you can bring food and bev in our ballpark. Like, there's no policies. Have fun, enjoy yourself. And it's made a huge difference for our, our team. Well, I think about like the insurance industry. Like we tell customers all the time, like there's so many things that as insurance agents, we can't control because we are adhering to a, the carriers and that sort of thing. We're kind of like Major League Baseball. 
Yeah. <laughs> we have all these rules and regulations that it's hard to circumvent and move around, you know. I get because, it. And you yeah. in the banking industry and so many yes. professional industries, it's it's hard. You have to you have to, you know, you have Be to get really cr- really creative. But I, really but creative. I tell I tell customers all the time that insurance carriers do stupid stuff. That's why we exist to combat that. And I tell agents like if there's something that insurance companies doing this stupid like push back on them on it, you know, like, like, why are you doing it this way? This is the exact opposite of creating a good customer experience and that sort of thing. And that story just really resonated with me because we all know these dumb things that insurance companies do. It's like, why is it that way? You're literally driving customers away by doing that. And, and often we just, we dismiss it. We just dismiss it and say, this is the way it's always been done because it's not easy to change something that's always been done. But once you do it, I mean, you know, we have better per caps in our stadium than any team. And we give all our food and bed for free because people feel like they're getting such a great deal. They want to support it. They're not feel like they're being taken advantage of. Exactly. Jesse, if I wave the magic wand and you're now the owner of an insurance agency instead of the owner of the Savannah Bananas, and I'm only sorry, asking- Jesse. <laughs> yeah. So sorry about your luck, Jesse, but, uh, if I wave the magic wand and instead of that office that you're sitting in right now being a baseball operations office, you know, CEO of a baseball team, you are CEO of an insurance agency. And I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but you're a creative guy. What would be the very first thing that you would do to look at this from a different lens? In terms of insurance. hundred percent. And and I think it's not a set answer. The question is to come up with the right questions. And I think mm. that's the key. And so my biggest inspiration by far has been Walt Disney. Um, my wife, Emily, actually last week surprised me with a trip to his family museum in San Francisco. I spent more time there probably than anyone should ever spend time in a museum. But you can learn a lot from the greats. Did you wear the well, by, by the way, what did you learn from that trip and spending so much time there? Did you learn some things you didn't know before you went? Um, yeah, I mean, there's interesting things like business-wise, like he believed in always doing things himself and controlling stuff because the middleman, Charlie Mintz, really put him in a terrible spot by taking Oswald the, the rabbit and then you know putting him in a bad deal with Universal. And for me, he's like, I'm going to control the experience. I'm going to control who I work with. I'm going to control everything uh, to make sure that I have the biggest impact. That was one thing. But every step he did took him to another level. So like he spent 10 years on the Silly Symphonies learning about music and how to put music in film. And then you think about what Disney and the way Disney uses music to this day has been a game changer. So everything he did was an experiment to get him to the next level. So what am I doing now to learn that can take it to the next level? He was constantly doing that. That was a new way of a lens of looking at it. I could go Disney forever, but back to insurance question. What Disney did when he built Disneyland, he put an apartment above the fire station solely so he could spend time at the park and literally walking in his guest shoes and watching what they did and how they react. And he said, this quote, he said, whenever I go on a ride, I always ask what's wrong with this thing and how can it be improved? So I believe the starting point of all innovation, the starting point of changing the game is the first E that I have in the book, as Bradley knows, is to eliminate friction. So how do you do that as an insurance agent? So if you've gone through the process or go through an entire process from going on the website, from calling, from going through what the typical way is in the industry, write it all down and say, what are the friction points? What are the frustration points? And then what would be the exact opposite? You can't start reimagining the future until you know what the current is and you understand it better than anyone. Walt Disney did that. And now every day at our ballpark, one person on our staff goes undercover as a fan. We park with the fans. We walk in with the fans. We sit with the fans. We eat with the fans. And we pay attention to friction points and frustration points. And we tackle on how we are going to eliminate those. Once you start doing that, you come up with unbelievable new ideas to create an experience that's magical. I've got here, eliminate friction. 
entertain always, experiment constantly, engage deeply, and empower action. It the sounds like if you went into any business, that's the exact order of events. It's, it's what worked for us. And again, you know, I, when you start something, you never realize exactly what you're doing. But when you look back, you can start connecting the dots, as Steve Jobs said. And when I look back, this is what we did. Baseball was too long, too slow, and too boring. You nickel and dime, and we did the opposite. Then we said, how can we map the moments to make them more entertaining, more fun? How can we do experiments every single day to test on that thesis? How can we then start to engage deeply with individual fans to create magical moments that they will share with everyone? And then how do we empower our team to create those every single day? And when you put those together, uh, you know, the momentum has really taken off for us. Hey, Bradley, what was the one after entertain always? Experiment constantly. So, so an example on that, every single night at our ballpark, we do five to 10 things we've never done before in front of a live crowd. It's funny, when I wrote the book, it says four because we pushed it to five and 10 this tour. And so no matter what, five of those don't work well, but we learn so much faster than everyone else because we're pushing the envelope. And so how many experiments could you guys do on the experience? What's the invoice that comes in? How do they pay in a fun way? You know, we do different invoices. What's your voicemail? Hold music. What's the response email after they join you? Can it be congrats? You just made the best decision of your day. Like we celebrate when people join us. Those are little experiments that can really change the experience. I love it. Big door swing on little hinges. Hey, Jesse, I got a question for you. I find myself in this same boat, and I don't know if you feel this way or not. I spend so much time focusing on customer experience. And like you said earlier, you know, we, we play the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia hold music. <laughs> I love it. Do you Somebody's really? On hold. Yeah. If you call it. my office and we put you on hold, you're going to hear that music. And my voice in the background giving every agent's biography. So, you know, let's just kind you of do it the same way you do the podcast intro. No, not at not as intense. You know, no, not as I don't want to blow somebody's ears out while they're on hold, but uh, <laughs> they got their AirPods in. Yeah, they're like, holy. When you walk into a business, Jesse, because you're so hyper sensitive to customer experience and let's say you take the yellow tuxedo off and you're just in, you know, shirt, jeans, walk into some place, you're. It doesn't matter where it could be a convenience store, a shopping place, retail outlet, and the customer experience there is awful. Yeah. Does it bother you the whole time you're there? Like you're like, I can't believe oh, me and Emily. I mean, <laughs> how you view it, things. it owns me. It just owns yeah. me. I mean, how you view things is how you do things. Correct. And so, you know, we are constantly watching customer experience to, to learn on what not to do. Or sure. learn what to do differently. So I, again, I take it as a grateful lens. Ooh, like, you know, I was on hold with someone for an hour and 20 minutes yesterday. And, you know, I think if you can simplify, especially in today's world, what needs to happen, it's speed and ease. Mm-hmm. Everything is speed and ease. You know, I say this like right now, we're in a TikTok world, but baseball games are getting longer and slower. So that's why baseball struggling. Everything's speed and ease. Response time. How quick can you get to? We're competing not against other insurance. You're competing against Amazon. You know, first time today, I ordered a book this morning that said it'll be here in four hours. And I was like, that's the first time that's ever happened to me. I'm like, that's the world we're used to now. That's the expectation. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing what is good for your industry, you're actually probably behind. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're constantly thinking. So we notice speed and ease everywhere. That's what we look at. Well, and it's crazy too. Y'all notice you quoted Jeff Bezos in the book. So I was going to bring this up, how easy Amazon has made it to buy things like Many of us will never get our business to the point to where it's as easy to do business with us as Amazon is, but at least that's the that's the bar. And, and maybe not even in that way, but that is the bar. Yesterday, I was on the phone with my wife 
somebody who knows me better than anybody. And, you know, when you're, when your spouse comes in the door at the end of the day, you can tell if they're in a bad mood or not without them saying it. Like, like, you know, them, you know, they're, yeah, they're, it's their energy, their frequency. When they walk in the door, it's almost like how a dog, you know, dogs can sense your mood. Yeah. And if, well, you, know, if you, when you know your spouse, as well as you and I know our spouses, Bradley, yeah, it's like a nanosecond and you're like, uh Oh, she's in a bad mood. Well, and she and I were on the phone uh, yesterday and we we're talking about something we needed to order for the house. And, and I ordered it on Amazon while we were on the phone. And it was like, she was like, I didn't even know you did that. Like, like it was so easy that it didn't even take me out of my conversation. It was like three clicks, you know, that's Going what next. you're competing against because like, even if you don't want to sell insurance, like Amazon sells products or Amazon is going to eventually sell insurance. Like, that's what you're competing against because that's what people are used to. Right. You no. Know? And you've got to implement some of those things. Yeah, I agree. I think the beautiful thing about what Jesse has too is that Amazon experience, even though it's fast and it's quick and it's easy. And it's the reason why a lot of people just jump on there as soon as their spouse say, Hey, we need some garbage bags. Boom. <laughs> there's garbage bags at your house. He has that added element though, beyond the transaction. It's, it's a two hour event. I mean, you could almost compare it to almost like a Broadway play that he's turned baseball into where as a fan, you're getting all these benefits and things added value that you wouldn't get at a major league game. And by the way, for two hours, you're going to be entertained beyond belief. It is almost a Disney experience. And I love that he chose something that would allow him to really expand on that. You know, there's only so much you can do with Amazon, but he can do the parade and he can, do, you know, the walk up stuff and all the things that they do during a game. And I just I think it's wonderful. I can't wait to go to a game one day. I, I appreciate it. And I, I think just to, to, to reiterate, like, you know, we talk about Amazon, you know, they're almost 30 years old. Correct. You know? And they've been doing it. You know, the bananas were six years old. And I think the mentality from Disney is to continually plus. Disneyland is a living, breathing thing. It'll never be complete, he said. He's always plussing the show. And I think when you look at what we're doing, it's like, I looked at our opening day script in 2016, and we had six promotions before the game. Now we have 55. And so you got to realize like where you started. If you're not embarrassed of where you started, what you did when you look back on it, you waited too long. Right. And so that's why the experimenting and constantly testing and trying, and you're just building it. But it happens with clarity. We make baseball fun. That's why we exist. How we do it is fans first and entertain always. When you have clarity, you build on that. So every morning I write 10 ideas on how to make baseball fun every single morning. And I get specific, how to use the outfielders, how to use the infielders, how to do a hitting entrance, how to do a scoring celebration. And we just build on that. And it makes it a lot of fun as well. How many of those 10 ideas do you execute on? I would say probably about 20%, maybe. I would say, I mean, that's just a guess in the dark. But when I get into with our team, we say, all right, out of these, which ones do we definitely want to do this week? And then we might only 20% the first year, but then we come back to them. Like I've had this idea for a ball monkey for five years now where we actually have a monkey delivers baseballs to the umpire and climbs up the umpire and hands them baseballs. Like I want to have a ball monkey at our stadium. That's, that's incredible. Gonna, that's going to take years to train and, and get there, but we will have one. It's just going to take a while. Scott, <laughs> you need a, you need a podcast monkey that brings you your microphone before we start. <laughs> so Jesse, when you think about the world, the business world, what are some companies that you feel like, I mean, obviously they're not doing it as well as you and they may be doing it a different way, but what are some companies that come to mind that are, are getting this somewhat right? 
Oh, there's a ton. You know, I mean, I, I've had a great experience with Sweetwater, which is the music amp company. I mean, they've sent me calls and text messages, very personal connection. You know, it's very easy to see the big examples. We all can look at the Chick-fil-A's, the Disney's, the Amazon's. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's the smaller companies that really stand out. And the one that I share in the book on the final section, how to create an unforgettable experience is Shoreline Construction. And so they were a home builder in Bluffton, South Carolina. Five years ago, they heard one of my talks and the owner was just taking notes all the time. And he just said, thank you at the end. And that was it. Three months later, they brought me in to hear him talk. And he said, I want to tell you what we did with our experience. They got their whole team together. They talked about how to phase out the fans first experience. And they started literally sending a video with the whole team celebrating they give an iPad. When they buy a house, they send all these gifts. Uh, they have a roll out the red carpet. And the first time they did it, they had champagne, but they left it in the back of the trucks. So the champagne was hot. They made a lot of mistakes doing it. But they started doing things that was amazing. And one time, a family, I'll quickly, a family, a husband and a wife, they were coming down to the house in South Carolina. They're from New Jersey. And they said, you recommend anywhere to eat. It's our anniversary dinner. And his team, not the owner, said, oh, we'll pick you up from the airport. We'll take care of you. They picked them up in a limo and took them to their house, which wasn't even done yet. It was framed, just had the wooden frames. And they had lighting set up and one table set up. And they had a private dinner for them. And they're not even complete framed home, special wow. for them with their favorite meal. The wife went nuts. She told everybody and it spread like crazy. They created a moment that was unforgettable. And now that company spends $0 on marketing. They have a waiting list of people that want to get homes from them. It was because they started really mapping the experience intentionally. And so there's so many companies that do that. We just don't even know about it. Mm. That needs to be the next book, dude. Like talk about the companies that have implemented it, you know? <laughs> well, I, I tease with a few in this book. Hey, funny story that you brought up Sweetwater. I was at lunch yesterday with two musicians and we're sitting there at lunch. And uh, when you're with musicians that play music and play guitar and stuff like that, they start talking their own language, kind of like insurance agents when they get together mm -hmm. and they start talking about Sweetwater. And I, I will confess, I was kind of half-assed listening to what they were saying. <laughs> and I looked up and in a moment of stupidity, I said, oh man, I love Sweetwater. I've tried that beer two or three times. <laughs> And they said, the they, game, yeah. they both look at me and they're like, what? And I said, yeah, I love Sweetwater. I, you know, I'd love to go to see where they, you know, make it at or whatever. And, uh, they said, Scott, we're, we're not talking about the beer. We're talking about apparently Sweetwater is like, here's how they explained it to me. It's like a Costco for musicians. Yeah. It's got everything. And it does it. The service right. is outstanding. Right. Yep. Exactly. Jesse, leave these, leave these agents. I know you got to get off and Bradley and I'll stay on and we'll, we'll uh, kind of recap what we just talked about, but leave these agents with one nugget. What's the one thing you feel <laughs> uh, like? Oh, geez. not putting you on the spot or anything, not putting dude. you on the spot or anything. No, I mean, mapping, know. mapping the experience, mapping well, what yeah, your mapping customers are doing. Yeah. Play the long game. You know, yeah. you know, again, think of, think about the long game and creating fans. Don't focus on the next quarter, focus on the next quarter century. When you look yeah. back at 20, 25 years, are you going to be proud? And usually you're proud when you give more and you don't ask for things in return and right. leave money on the table. It's crazy as leave money on the table to create a better experience. You and your people will feel proud about it. And that's what I, we've been able to see works really well with our team. How do you hire great people? Because you can't do this by yourself. It's the show's too big. Now you have to have great people around you to support you support the team. Even the players you hire have to be a certain breed of person. hundred percent. And we talked about that on the last podcast, guys, if you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to Jesse on the last podcast we did. 
So we had no one that wanted to be a part of our team when we started. Literally no players wanted to play for us. This team called the Bananas, nobody. And we had people that didn't want to work for us in the baseball industry. But then we stuck to our vision and started sharing it with the world. And we got adamant about screaming from the mountaintops who we are, what we stand for, and what we believe in. I was told by our fans first director, we have 1,100 people on the wait list to work for us right now. Wow. 1,100. And so that's between full-time and interns. And I think it's because you want to attract over recruit. How do you do that? You share your vision publicly over and over again, and you attract the people that believe in your vision that want to be a part of it. And then it doesn't really, the money doesn't matter. The, what, they want to be a part of it. And I think that's been the big game changer for us. And with our players, you don't get a uniform until you go through fans first you and bananas orientation. We share stories. We spend an hour with them showing videos. We have other players talk about creating fans first moments. That sets the tone for who we are and what we stand for. And I think that's what we've learned in the, in the last few years. You do that with awesome. players too? Yeah. I mean, yeah. everything. I mean, now players go through the whole entire experience. I mean, it's story after story. Everyone has core values, core beliefs, but you have stories that back those up. We share stories. That's why obviously I have a book is sharing, trying to share those stories, which hopefully also attract more people and build the brand to who we are. Guys, listen to me. If you haven't done it already, go to the Savannah Bananas website. Not hard to find. Type in Savannah Bananas on Google. <laughs> Their website will pop up, which is extraordinary, by the way. And go order the book, Fans First, and read it. And I think what that's going to do for you, it's going to get the creative juices flowing. And I love what you said about mapping your current customer's experience and figuring out where their friction points are. That's your starting line. And then work backwards from that. Jesse, thank you so much for being with us today, brother. You guys are rock stars. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jesse. Hey, call me when you're ready for me to do the ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. <laughs> the one city world tour for the savannah bananas here's what i would do scott i'd have you actually do that fans not players so as right. fans coming in with the red shirt let's hear it red shirt big earrings let's hear it and then that's i think that'd be more fun absolutely okay. I agree. i've never been more excited for somebody else <laughs> <laughs> thank you just cold all right see y'all bye bradley flowers that's incredible i mean what he's been able to accomplish hey let me tell you this. Mm. You think if Scott Howell had put up $20, $30 million to start a USFL franchise, I wouldn't have been in that son of a gun's office day one. Every day. Every yeah. day. I'd be like, Jesse, help me, please. Yep. And, and I'm not saying you could do the same type stuff mm -hmm. with the USFL, yeah. Yeah. but be, you've got to have more leverage well, there's leeway than you would have with an NFL franchise. There, there comes a time where you're going to have to burn the ships in your business. At some right. point, at some point, all of us have to decide whether we want to burn the ships or not burn the ships. And he decided to burn the ships and said, well, hell, if we're going to go, if we're going down and we're not doing good, I'm at least going to go out swinging and it worked out. You know, and, and there's a lot of folks, I mean, that are at an agency that they're not happy and they've thought about that idea that they wanted to try. And, you know, last week's episode, we talked about all the reasons or a few of the reasons why you don't want to open your own agency. But, but I also want to encourage people to do that if they genuinely want to do that. And, yeah. and it, there comes to a point to where it's like, hey, regret is going to sting worse than failure. Right. You know, if you're licensed and you 30% know what you're doing, you can get a job anywhere in insurance. Right. But you can't always start an agency when you're 65, 70 years old and, and you've only got statistically seven years left on this earth. You don't, sure. you don't have enough time to do it, you know, no, do it no. now. I'll tell you what I love the most about what he said. And I think it's something that 
99.999% of agencies don't do because we all get in our little bubble and we've got so much going on every day. And we fall into the same trap that human beings have fallen into for hundreds, if not thousands of years, where we forget that, hey, in order to make this agency better and to grow and to create raving fans is basically what he's doing, which is another great book. We need to map what our customer experience is. And as an agency owner, I need to call, listen to phone calls, call people, Mm -hmm. call people who maybe leave a three or two star review on Google and say, Hey, how could we have done this different? How could we do better? Have people that you're close to call your agency and tell them, Hey, look, we're trying to create raving fans here and give Mm -hmm. you a experience like you've never had in the insurance business. But in order to do that, I've got to map this thing backwards. So I want you to call the agency for me and do the X, Y, and Z and kind of tell me, were there any pain points with that? Or did it, was it seamless? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how do you create that customer experience that is the same experience that Jesse gives his fans at those banana games? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, how mm-hmm. do you do that? I, I don't do it enough. I need nah, to do we it. We don't either, dude. It's so easy to get caught in what you're doing. That's it. Yeah. Every day yeah. It's, it's like you're on a hamster wheel and you're doing this and this problem, you know, this fire pops like, up and now you're <laughs> dealing with that fire and the next day something else pops up. And But the thing too, like back to the Amazon thing, like Jesse is the bar. He is. If a lot of insurance agents did 1% of that, correct. You don't have to be wacky and like wear a yellow, like, like, but if you did 1% applied 1% of the principles that he talks about, like it could change your agency forever. I was sitting there thinking while he was talking about like, what are some things we could do better? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, what if we chose one new business client a month? Mm -hmm. So you take, Take all of your clients that you write that month that are all new business clients. Uh-huh. And maybe you give them that experience of, yeah, hey, we chose you. Thank you so much for being a part of our family now. And we chose you to, you and your wife, here's a dinner at this beautiful Italian restaurant this month. Scott's and we just going to show up to your house and serenade you and then tuck you into bed. Yeah, right. Something, something uh, to create raving fans. You we've know? done something similar. You have to do it where it's random, but we did something where we had a local artist and we did this for a year when COVID happened. It kind of, we kind of got away from it. Is it one of those things where it works so well, you stop doing it? <laughs> Pretty much. We, we had a local artist draw a sketch. Like, so it was, this was for specifically for people who bought new houses. So new closings, right. we had them draw a sketch of the house mm-hmm. and then wrote like the the howell family right and she put it in this like acrylic thing and it was it was not very big it was about two inches wide two inches right big, you know and we wanted to give them something not only to kind of commemorate it but also it would be something they would display proudly in their home on the mantle right. and somebody yes well, where'd you get that at that's cool oh well, actually my insurance agent. you know that that whole thing mm-hmm. But yeah, no, there's little things like that you can do. I mean, I would suggest everybody, you know, mystery shopping your agency, mystery shopping other agencies. Don't waste their time, but mystery shopping other agencies and and kind of going through the customer experience and and you'll see the bars really low and right. and put yourself in your customer's shoes. You know, I had a manager one time that that would make everybody walk into the agency and like 
what do you see? You know, what needs to be, you know what I mean? You know, put yourself in your customer's shoes. And unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of situations where we can't help, you know, there's, there's right. fees that are owed and we can't, we can't as an agency, you know, ingest those for the customer. We have to charge it to them, that sort of thing. So there's stupid stuff, but it doesn't mean you can't push back with the carrier and say, Hey, why are you doing this this way? This is dumb. Ask to be on agents advisory councils. You can get a lot done on an agency advisory council. You know, ask to be on these councils, ask to be a part of, of groups that, that, are, that are pushing for change in the way that carriers do business. I'll tell you a good example of this. And this guy is one of the most successful Northwestern mutual agents in the United States. So he's, he's done well for himself. Mm-hmm. But I was at the beach with some friends of mine four or five years ago, and they had just taken out a life insurance policy, I think on the husband Mm -hmm. a big, big policy with this Northwestern mutual agent a couple of years prior. And he said, one of the things this guy does, and I thought this was ingenious, every birthday for their kids, they had three kids, the Northwestern mutual agent would send them a birthday card, the kids, a birthday card. Mm -hmm. And he would do these funny birthday cards. So on the front of the card would be like a monkey, Mm -hmm. like a gorilla. And on the inside, he'd write, hey, J.D., I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday. I thought you'd like to see a picture of your dad on the front of this card, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's, a, it's a gorilla. It's a monkey, awesome. right? And inside the card, besides it being pretty damn funny anyway, he every year he would send them a uh, Susan B. Anthony 50-cent piece, like a commemorative 50-cent piece mm-hmm. inside the card that he would send the kids. And, of course, what's he doing? Well, they're at the beach with me telling me about it. So he's creating raving fans, right? Stuff like that. I mean, yeah. it doesn't have to be yeah. huge, but I mean, that's that's hilariously funny that he sends a card every year with an animal in the front. So, hey, I want to send you, hey, hey, kid, I want to send you a picture of your dad for your birthday. And then inside that is a 50 cent piece that's, you know, something they can keep. Yeah. Guys, before I get off this podcast, I want to tell, Mr. Joe Nelson with Nelson Insurance Agency. I am wearing your hat today, brother. Thank you so much. He sent me two hats. I think one of them is for you, Bradley. That's a I'm good looking hat. You, I'm going to have to get you your hat as well. But Dude, Nelson, he lives an hour from me. Why did he send it to you? Pensacola, Florida, baby. Pensacola, Florida. Joe Nelson. Thank you so much, Joe. As I told everybody Florida. that sends me a hat, I'm going to put you on uh, blast when you send it to me. So Florida might as well be a war zone right now with insurance. Yeah. So props to so, Joe. Guys, as I end every podcast, rewards come from action, not discussion. Guys, it's time for us to start mapping our customer experience and work backwards. Go to your clients, figure out how you can create a more seamless, integrated process for them make it easy speed fast easy and give them that experience that creates raving fans i think uh bradley's right and i think jesse's right i think you don't have to do the yellow tuxedo and have a parade for them but big door swing on little hinges i can sit here and think of 500 different things that we could do better you know one thing that jeff roy does that i love is they created an agency birthday video and that video goes out to each one of their clients. And it's about a minute long video of them cutting a birthday cake for you as one of their clients. And they send that video to you via email every to, to each one of their people, stuff like that. 
I think mm-hmm. I think all that goes a long way. Make money for your family, for your wife, for your husband, for your kids' college fund, for your parents that are struggling out there today. Go make money for them and help them. Write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, man. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of our family, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.